Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And I've just landed at Barcelona Airport. Um, felt like a, a bit of a rush, really, to get here and get everything packed up and get off the island um, for the end of the season. And I haven't actually done what I've just done in a really long time and put everything I possess into three rather small suitcases and the rest of it has gone into storage um, at my lovely friend Angela Walker's house. Thanks Ange. Um, little shout out. Um, and it feels kind of weird uh, in some ways but thoroughly, thoroughly liberating in others to be completely fit, loose and fancy free and homeless also which kind of felt very very terrifying in the lead up but now it's all done it is actually a really really good feeling and I feel like I'm kind of in the mood to see where the wind blows me for the next three months um so we are literally traveling around on this podcast really um for the coming 12 weeks we've got a month where we're going back to England and I've recorded lots of lovely ladies from Ibiza talking about self-care in the run-up to Christmas and how to keep those high vibes rolling really around the festivities. Um, So I'm really excited to be unleashing those across the month of December. Um, We've got Ibiza Retreats founders and creators, Susie Howell and Lara Davis. We've got um, one of my all-time favourite yogis on the island, Miss Trish Whelan. Um, talking about the exact same topic and also a bit more of a musical angle really and a bit more about her history and her season um, and her kundalini retreat up in the north of the island Um, so I'm really looking forward to sharing her also um, as she has been previously on this podcast Uh, but today's guest is Lydia Kimmerling the happiness explorer Um, I've known Lydia since I very first arrived to the island or since she very first arrived to the island um, and she's just one of those people. She's very effervescent. She's very fizzy. She's very. Um, she's got a lot of life about her in lots of ways that kind of draws you in, makes you kind of want to be part of her circle with everything that she's got going on. She's got a real lust for life, and that comes across in all ways, not just through her work, but just hanging out with her in general. Um, I consider her, yeah, a dear friend and an old friend, and I'm really looking forward to, yeah. unveiling her here on today's podcast of the Reset Rebel. Um, I have actually just been up since, I don't know, like 5am or something. Um, So I'm feeling a little bit um, out of whack, but I'm definitely going to have a little cup cup of coffee now here at Barcelona Airport to celebrate leaving the island, which was a bit of a wrench. It's always a wrench um, to leave Ibiza. Um, if you've ever been to the island, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about, particularly the sun rising over the salt flats this morning as the airplane took off was just majestic and um, a really incredible finale to what has really been an incredible year. Um, getting this podcast off the ground, getting to give some incredible gifts away um, has been the best part of it all um, through other people's retreats and um, events. That's just been the biggest gift for me to be able to give back 
so I'm really really excited um, to end this year on such a high with this podcast and with this project um, if you haven't been to our website yet go to theresetrebel.com um, check out some of the free gifts that we still have up for grabs this year um, and we'd love to hear from you on just the good news please at gmail.com next up Lydia Kimmeling don't go away so here we are in Santillalia at this uh, beautiful balcony uh, overlooking the gorgeous church of Santillalia that every time I've ever driven past um, yeah I just always admire it from afar so to be situated uh, directly opposite is an absolute joy and I'm joined by the happiness explorer Lydia Kimmeling good morning good morning nice to be with you and well, not just you as well, we've got a little visitor on your lap. Yes, there's always some, someone on my lap. It's either my baby or my dog. So there it's my dog. She's trying to eat the microphone. Roxy, say hello. <laughs> She's, She's just licking the mic, actually. <laughs> it's that time of the month. She's a little bit moody at the moment. Oh, bless her. Well, we know how that feels, don't we, darling? Yes. <laughs> so how are you doing? It's the end of summer season. I suppose that's not really something that necessarily affects your particular line of business. No, no, it doesn't. But you still get wrapped up in it, even if it's, your business isn't related directly to the season here. They're just the energy is different, isn't it? You feel it as soon as you move into September and then October. It's just nice seeing all our friends and meals at people's houses. It's nice, yeah. I mean, what, what for those people that don't really know what the Happiness Explorer is, I mean... Uh, can you just kind of give it to us in a nutshell, your best sales pitch? <laughs> yeah, well, I help people refine or, for the first time, discover a new direction that's exciting, fulfilling, and inspiring by helping you to explore and find more of what makes you happy because everybody's different. And then the way that coaching works is it just enables you to accelerate your growth and it unlocks the insight and the answers and the potential that's within you to get you there. I mean, that's it in a nutshell, but that can take place whether I'm doing a motivational talk, whether you're working with me one-to-one, or you do one of my online programs. Not kind of multifaceted. I mean, what brought you to a place, um, obviously like this, this magical island that we're both lucky enough to call home? I mean, what what led you to living in Ibiza and kind of creating this business? What, What was your path to that particular line of work do you know exactly what I've just said really in terms that I felt stuck myself I hit a huge crossroad just before I turned 30 and even though I'd always I'd always known what I wanted to do and I've done many different things I left school at 16 worked in television had my own restaurant in Panama I've lived in loads of different places then suddenly I hit this crossroad didn't know what I wanted to do and I felt really stuck and lost. And then coaching kind of found me, actually. It came onto my path, I didn't even know what it was, but I thought, you know, I don't know what I want to do. This is gonna help me whatever, whether I decide to do it or not. And then found that I was pretty good at it and I really enjoyed it. And part of my transition, finding, getting back onto my path, led me, led me to Ibiza, because it was something I knew I'd always really wanted to do, but I'd been putting a lot of blocks and limitations in front of myself as to why I couldn't move here and then I did and it's all kind of fallen into place from there I mean you've 
you say this kind of these blocks and the, the kind of transitionary path you've had to kind of coming here it's not just been I guess about being stuck I mean you really told me before that you kind of like hit rock bottom to kind of get to where you are now which I mm. I just love this story and I don't know if you're willing to share it but it you know it's actually fascinating how you've managed to transform your your own life which obviously does put you in a great position to be able to help other people yeah god well which I can't remember what I've told you now it's sort of um I for me I was partying too much I didn't love myself would speak to myself really unkindly I was compromising in my relationship I was holding myself back in terms of my financial uh, capabilities and there was a sense of I know there's more out there but I just don't know how to how to get there so on the outside I probably look quite happy and I think that's a lot of the people I work with are, are ambitious they're doing doing all right in life you know they've, they've, they'd say that life's good but deep down there's something else that feels like it's missing and they can't figure out what it is and actually although you might kind of go out smiling at home maybe you are googling how to deal with anxiety or for me it got to the point where I was sobbing every single day till the point where I was kind of in child's pose on the floor palms turned up I always say I sounded like a an Italian widow at her husband's funeral just really really in my own um monologue giving it some <laughs> and and that was my that was my had enough point but from that point from from that I just did a post actually recently on Instagram about we can be so afraid to fall apart but that's normally when you find the missing piece and you can start to put rebuild yourself in the way that you you need to or want to to create a better quality of life and feel happier I mean, I love all these rewords. There's like 4,000 of them. And on our Instagram channel, every other post is a word beginning with the word re. Because, obviously, you're kind of resetting in some way by using that word re-beginning, re-commit, well, like any of them. They're just so, so helpful in this kind of work. And I feel like one of the things that made me really want to come and have a, a chat to you today is not only the fact that we're friends and we mm. <laughs> have heard your you know your story about about how you kind of came to live in Ibiza but recently you were giving a talk at the Yoga Fit Festival which is our lovely friend Lindsay Jay's um, event and one of my best friends actually attended that um, over um, in the north of the island and she actually wrote me this really lovely message about your your talk that you gave there and how it kind of really gave her a bit of a wake-up call really I think about the fact that you know she'd made the time to go there but actually about just some of her kind of patterns of behavior of not making time for herself she's got three small children and it was just really nice because I mean I tell her that kind of stuff all the time but you know being selfish and taking time out for yourself is is really never a thing that we were going to regret or you know it's never it's never a selfish thing to do because obviously once you give to yourself first you have so much more to offer in all other capacities and avenues of your your work and your your relationship as a mum yourself I mean is that the self-care thing which is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about particularly around sort of Christmas time I mean how do you make that time obviously you have a really busy life running your online and coaching business and how do you make time for yourself within all of that? Because there's a lot of a lot, a lot going on for you. You know, on the surface, it, self-care and self-love, it may seem like some of the obvious things, like making sure you leave work on time and maybe you say no to some social events. But 
When I'm talking with clients or doing talks about self-care, most we all know this stuff, right? I think this is what's most frustrating is, especially for women, we can quite easily fall into the role of pleaser or, or giver and sacrifice ourselves for the cause, whether that's our family, our work or our friends. But as I said, most people come to me and say, look, I know that I need to love myself more, but I just don't know why I'm not doing it. And so, you know, you can tell somebody to do some of those things, but actually we've got to get to the source of what's going on. And, it's, and it always comes down to how much you value yourself. And this is related to the most common fear that most human beings when we're on automatic can align ourselves to and that's the fear of not being good enough but once you're aware of that you can see how that fear is shaping a lot of what you think and believe about yourself because that's all we are really is is a number of beliefs you know we all live we all live in the same world but we all live in these individual worlds and they're they're made up on what what you believe about yourself and the world around you so once you can see how that's shaping limiting thoughts and feelings that you have about yourself that are related to your self-worth then you can work on that and I would say you have to put yourself into self-love training because when you're a student of something, you're much kinder to yourself. You give yourself a lot more space to to learn. And we can, when we're working on self-love or treating ourselves better, we can end up treating ourselves even worse because we're not getting it right. And you start beating yourself up, beating yourself up for not saying no or not doing, um, making sure you had time for yoga or any of those things. But those things come naturally when you understand and look at oh, really, what do I really think and feel about myself? You know, how is the relationship with myself? And there's one exercise I do which always really brings this home. And, I, and maybe, you know, um, if you're listening, you can, you can do this yourself. Is I ask everybody just to write down your most regular negative inner dialogue. So um, three to five common sentences that you say about yourself and then I ask people to get into partners and to share what it is that they say about themselves which normally is quite an emotional thing because it's quite it's like your deep dark secret you're allowed to hate yourself inside but you know when you have to share it it's quite exposing but then I ask people to change the I like I am fat or whatever it is they've written about themselves to a you and to say it to the other person as if they were saying it about somebody else and to see how that feels and most people can't do it like I can't say that to them I can't say it to them um and so oh everything changes with awareness first and bringing some awareness to how you're communicating with yourself uh, is a good place to start and create some some change so interesting I mean yeah the way we talk to ourselves is obviously yeah incredibly derogatory and and terrible and sad that you know those comments do feel comfortable to Mm. kind of have that inner dialogue but obviously the fact that you would never want to say those things out loud to somebody else is yeah kind of embarrassing and definitely a a good reality check on on the way that we do um, speak to ourselves and the way we kind of carve out our inner world and how we feel about that and uh, 
yeah I mean obviously you've done a lot of work on yourself to get to where you are now to be able to sort of share from a place of extreme love and obviously surrounded by your lovely little family here oh my god it's a very noisy old family <laughs> here on the balcony in Santillalia and you know why did you choose Ibiza what was it about this island Sorry, got that a call was, coming in. No, that was the timer to, to, to see if my son had fallen asleep. So it sounds like he has. <laughs> um, sorry, why did I choose Ibiza? So, like so many people, I was coming here from a really young age. Um, I think 15 was the first time I came here. And I, I started working when I was really young, 16. I started a full-time job. And a lot of my friends came here and were doing seasons. So I would save up my holiday... Um, and come out like quite wealthy really for a 17, 16, 17 year old, have a blast of a time. And then I didn't, I didn't, I knew I wanted to live in Spain, but I didn't know where. And then at that point where I was really stuck, I was actually flying as crew for Virgin Atlantic and I was really unhappy. Um, and I had a four night trip to Barbados, which is obviously wonderful. Um, but I just still wasn't happy and I, so I locked myself in the hotel room and I said you are not leaving this room until you figure out what the hell it is you're doing and that's where I, I changed how I was trying to think about my future because I was trying to pinpoint a career path versus just diving into my soul and going you know, what lights me up what really excites me and, the, and focusing on what I knew versus what I didn't know and the one thing I've always known since I was little was that I wanted to live in Spain. And, and so I allowed myself to sink into that, give myself permission to, to believe that could happen. And then that's when I thought, well, actually, Ibiza would work well because there's loads of... Um, it's got lots of things that I enjoy and I know a couple of people. And then, actually, randomly... I was studying to be a coach at the time, but I was too afraid actually to, to step into the coaching. And I was doing one of my classes, it was the first class of my advanced course, and I'd made this decision now to that I was gonna eventually end up in Ibiza. And in this first call, it's normally all Americans, and the, the teleclass leader, she said, right, I want everybody to introduce themselves and explain you know, what makes you different and special as a coach. I was like, oh God, I hate, I hate these questions. <laughs> but I thought, oh, I'll go first. And this little voice was saying, say something about Ibiza, say something about, about Ibiza. And I was like saying to myself, no, no one will know where Ibiza is. Like, it's going to be loads of American people. People won't, people won't know where it is. It won't mean anything. But I thought, all right, I'll just say it. So I said, oh, hi, I'm Lydia. I live in Brighton and I'm going to move to Ibiza. The girl that jumped on next said, oh, my God, I live in Portsmouth, which is, you know, not that far. And I'm moving to Ibiza. And literally before that call we had finished, we'd, um, I'd e we'd emailed each other and then we met up for a tea and then we became business partners and that's how I ended up moving out here because we did our first retreat here. Claire, you know Claire. I do indeed yeah. and I actually happen to be sitting on that very plane ride with you. Um, but I think when you actually, obviously you came out here a few times, yeah. but when you actually decided to move here and you were coming oh, over, I was God, next to you. Yeah, that was the, that's, <laughs> and then so then I went home after that retreat um, ended up breaking up with my boyfriend all of these things all of these parts of my life that were were not in their fullest expression of themselves where I could feel that I was 
holding myself back or not being not my happiest self in them they all started to fall away and change as as I started to say yes to more of what I wanted yes to raising the standard of my life and and say no to to more of what I didn't want and then the next thing happened was um, I said to Claire you know what Claire because she was already living here I said if somebody called me and said do you know what come and look after my house or stay at my house for three months you can pay me what you want I'd do it I'd just move within two days um, a girl who had been the, the uh, beautician on my retreat called me and she said look we've got to go back home really quickly and I need somebody to come and house sit for three months just pay me what you what you can or just pay the bills so literally within two weeks I'd moved out here Victoria from Love yeah. Beauty how do you believe yeah exactly so when that's what shifts that's what I always teach especially in my seven day program is that first step of transformation is not figuring out how you're going to do something because when we get stuck on the how it's a plan and I would say how stands for holding on to worry because you're trying to think too far ahead into the future the first step of creating any change is saying yes yes giving yourself permission to have what you really really want because yes stands for your energy surges and once you shift once you become more excited everything you need to happen begins to just happen and fall into place have you had that totally and i think you know well i think just even coming here and having that positive intention and, and power behind a decision and really believing something is possible is, is is step one and i think getting clear on that but not necessarily as you said in the how um way it's kind of more of a just really opening up the doors really to make it a possibility yeah. when maybe you didn't really feel like something was was doable I mean for me it was like I was in India and uh, I'd left Brighton also and um, had absolutely no idea where I was going to be living or what I was going to be doing work-wise because I kind of finished my job as a radio presenter and then I went to India not knowing what was next and the Ibiza idea just kind of came to me while I was over there and then I just decided to go home pack up all my stuff in Brighton and move here but at the time when I packed my bags knowing I was leaving Brighton probably forever but not definitely I just I hadn't worked out the how bit either mm. and I met a businessman who was running a retreat centre who wanted to open up like a Facebook for the wellness world and wanted me to beta phase test his platform in a small wellness community somewhere and I was going to go back and do it in Brighton and I decided actually to come over here and do it in Ibiza instead and it was you know definitely without a shadow of a doubt like a big big dream and something I've ticked off my you know my list of things that I've always wanted to do I mean do you think it's a law of attraction thing when you kind of say that you're going to do something where you you know voice the fact that you if someone gave you a phone call then you would you would be in is that how you feel about it I'm indifferent with using that term the law of attraction I I used to really align myself with it and then I realized that that was causing me more stress than it was happiness and also a lot of my clients I'd hear from a lot of people I've got because I've, I've actually taken it offline I've got a video on YouTube that's got 350,000 views about the law of attraction and, and not where I'm not actually I'm not really talking about the law of attraction as such but I'm explaining more the challenge that people have with it uh, and I, I was getting a lot of people um, connecting with me over it and saying what am I doing wrong I'm thinking about I'm staying focused and I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm only thinking positively but it's still not happening for me and and then people feel really bad on themselves so what and what I've learned really is 
making definitely making the decision and thinking about something is a part of the process but you have to move your feet things don't just fall on your lap without some kind of action and and also what's important is shifting the the belief system underneath the surface because i find that you if you're thinking something but you believe something different and you don't know that the belief will override what you think because what you believe shapes your action so you know you might be saying that you want to meet somebody meet a guy and that you're ready for a relationship but you and you're focusing on this guy focusing and in your mind you're really really thinking about it but on the inside actually you don't think you're worth it and so then when you're in a bar you don't smile or look at anybody you're not making any connections so that belief is shaping your action and um so yeah it's interesting you asked about that because I just took that video down which was quite a big thing for me because that's a lot of views and it was bringing a lot of um traffic to to my site but I just felt it wasn't um wasn't really aligned to everything that I had had said and probably need to to do another one explaining a bit more <laughs> maybe you should maybe we'll uh, we'll get you to do that for us <laughs> um I'm absolutely love I'm very aware that you've got a, a call coming in shortly we've only got a couple of minutes left and okay. wanted to talk about sort of self-care yes at Christmas as well so I love oh, yeah. all of these wonderful tips and tools for being stuck and not believing in yourself but like in in terms of the Christmas kind of gauntlet that we kind of have to run as as women and as mm. not me personally but as <laughs> as a mother and you know that kind of stress that sometimes kind of builds uh, in the run-up of the preparation and everything that you know probably overwhelms a lot of people and also perhaps with you know the family friction that mm. potentially could be brewing for some people I mean it is a, a notorious and quite cliched kind of angle I suppose on the Christmas story but you know how how do you think that is the best way to sort of tackle that overwhelmed anxious kind of impending doom sensation of those kinds of situations <laughs> have you got any kind of like go-to tools that people could maybe kind of tackle that with or try to maybe get their head around it in a different way so they don't just dread the whole experience god i'm i've never been asked that before to be honest i don't really like christmas so i'm probably not <laughs> to be honest the best person i i like the lead up to it um why don't you like christmas because because it's stressful <laughs> I don't like having to buy people presents I like oh, if I'm going to buy you something I buy it because I walk past the shop and I see it and I think of you in that moment versus having to get a shipload of ship loads of presents <laughs> in um, I'm trying to think I think it's all it's the same really isn't it it's really asking yourself is that in best service of who I want to be and how I want my life to be. So a big change for me, my, my big changing point was over Christmas. It was New Year's Eve 2012, and I decided that um, December 2013 was going to be the year that I changed my life. And everybody went out. Um, while my boyfriend was DJing at Ministry of Sound, and I made the decision that I wasn't going to go out, and I stayed in by myself. And so that I could wake up the next day and I walked along Brighton Promenade and I just started to say out loud all of the things I wanted for myself. So have a think, you know, what what do you want Christmas to be and how do you want to experience it and what do you need to let go of to experience it in a way that brings you joy and isn't stressful? And then and then it's it's really finding the bravery, I think, to 
communicate that. You know, I think that's what's the hard bit, isn't it? Like, I mean, I've been tempted to say, I did actually say to my dad this year, I was like, oh, I just don't want anyone to buy me any presents because <laughs> I don't want to have to You're buy like anybody else presents. the Grinch that stole presents. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, the drinking and eating thing, it just cho- cho- really, really checking in with yourself of how do I feel about that. And, and then when you do actually say no to things, you you'll find that you you know it becomes easier I would say do something three times and then it's it's easier because with that you just grow a few inches taller and you feel really empowered that is such a good point and I think it is the kind of you know intoxication and the heavier foods and all the things that sort of tend to drag us down particularly as women I mean I I know that boys suffer it too but it is something that I think a lot of ladies that I talk to don't you know they don't enjoy about the Christmas period because it is all that idea of oh god I'm going to gain half a stone then I'm going to put all that work into the dry January and like you know all the disciplinarian kind of techniques that we you know need to employ to get back to where we were but actually if we didn't really go that extra mile in the first instance and have that extra eggnog latte when we really didn't need it when we were a bit hungover do you know what I mean all these little kind of um, not draconian measures but just little implementation um, techniques that we can use just to not mm. put it on in the first place. It's actually not that difficult when you have a bit of, little bit of willpower sitting somewhere within and you're empowering yourself on a daily basis. So I like that a lot. Is that kind of what you would sort of advise people? It's funny, as you're saying that, I'm actually thinking that I've, the way that I approach things has changed a lot since I've become a mum. I'm so much more relaxed. Like, I don't really have time to think about myself. And so I'm much more about just just enjoy it don't worry too much about you know what's coming up just be in the moment and sometimes the thinking about stuff is actually more of the the problem than the what's what's actually happening um but but then I've got I you know I've come full circle you have to you have to tighten your boundaries when you've when you're in the place that I was let's say in 2012 really really stuck at that big crossroad and if you're at that place as well where you just feel really lost you are asking yourself you know what what do I even want and you feel sad more than you feel happy first of all we do have to really tighten our boundaries and and be quite strict with ourselves and say no but then then as your relation as you become closer to yourself because what's happened there is you're just really separated from yourself but then as you improve the relationship you have with yourself, you can trust yourself more. And so you can learn to just be a bit more in the moment and know that you'll pull it back if you need to. Mm-hmm. Or you're not going to actually beat yourself up as much as you, you may have done before. Or um, you can find you've got the tools to... Because it's not... You know, happiness isn't an end journey. It's, it's just the whole life, isn't it? <laughs> so it's taken with you to your grave and... You don't reach, you know, a 10 in happiness and then that's it. It, it can go up and down depending on if you're working too hard or something happens in a relationship. It's about having the tools and your own way, because it's different for everybody, to, to just get yourself back on track. Mm. Or to reset, reset. which is... Yeah. <laughs> The very nature of this whole business, basically, yeah. in a nutshell, because it kind of, as I was speaking to Susan Lara from Ibiza Retreats, I've just come from that house there, and the same thing, you know, the same words keep coming up, and it's, it is a constant process of just coming back to self mm. and checking in 
um, before you check out and have that, you know, whole box of Quality Street or whatever it is. And then just this whole guilt process in the aftermath. But, you know, of course, if we had those little connections to ourselves in the first instance, then we wouldn't, you know, dive off the deep end and hit mm-hmm. the fuck it button and just yeah. go absolutely bonkers and eat all the chocolates. That's it's not it's not an enjoyable thing to eat an entire box no. of Quality Street. Of course, you're just giving yourself permission to just push the boundary of uh, self-acceptance a little bit too far. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I always ask myself or I explain to clients, is what you're about to do to lose yourself or to find yourself? So, for example, you know, we can binge watch TV and it doesn't binge watching TV isn't a bad thing. It's, that's not the end of the world. But if you're doing it to completely lose yourself so that you don't have to connect to your feelings then there's something going on but actually if you've had a really really hard week and maybe you need to just do that for a moment to be able to refind yourself then that's fine it's the same with like I still binge on chocolate every now and then but the intention behind it is different like so- sometimes yeah it's quite nice to just go oh, I'm just going to eat as many chocolates as I want because it's not the end of the world but when it was happening all the time because my intention was to lose myself then the feeling's still there. The chocolates don't make it go away, do they? (laughs) No, it doesn't matter where you go. It's like getting on a plane for a holiday and you think, oh, you know, I'm going to feel amazing when I get there. But those troubles or whatever it was that you were trying to escape is always going to be in that little jump seat next to you. Mm. And, you know, your imaginary friend of uh, pain or woe or heartbreak is is still going to be sitting next to you. And he's a little blighter to get rid of. And the other thing I love about what you know you've said and I've also heard you talking about not on this podcast but obviously when we've been out hiking or whatever we've been up to <laughs> the mind boggles in Ibiza what that could have been but it, you know you say would you thank your future self which I love this phrase that comes out of you I've never heard anybody else use it before and I think it's great because it's like am I going to thank myself for having eaten an entire box of quality street in a, in a week's time when I get on the scales after Christmas and I basically feel thoroughly miserable mm-hmm. yeah I um I can't remember when I said that to you, but it was funny. I was having a call with a client this morning. We talked one about she, she's created some huge change in her life, um, especially around alcohol. That same thing, and we've had conversations about this a lot of just wanting to be able to just go for one drink and and maybe not being under the bracket of being an alcoholic, but wanting to have that um, control. Because, um, you know, I'm, we both love a party from time to time. And um, she'd accomplished this. And I said, OK, we, let's reflect then. You know, I want you to thank your past self to start with for all of those decisions that you made. Because at the time when you make those decisions, you still feel out of control. It feels really difficult. You don't think you're accomplishing. And, and it, even though you're doing it, it feels hard. And it's not until you've accomplished where you want to be that you can look back and go, oh my God, she was amazing, my past self, for doing that. Like, I'm so grateful to her. And I said, you know what, as well, your future self is thanking you right now because you're going to continue down that path and look how far you've come now and then imagine where you're going to be in like six months or a year's time if you continue this way. So tuning in, yeah, to your future and your past self can um, draw, you can draw a lot of strength from that as well I think what you said earlier as well always 
you know, inspires me and it's it's like the power of no. I mean, I, I watched that film, The Yes Man, and I just became the yes man for a really long time. I just loved it and I thought, actually, yeah, yes to life. But actually, I find that discipline is the thing that makes me more happy than any other and I've never liked that word and I've never adhered to that path and I've always thought, God, how boring. Mm. Actually, feeling good on a daily basis because you've said no to something that makes you feel even better is definitely the way forward and I didn't really know this about myself until I actually started doing a lot of fasting and those mm. kinds of things that really give me so much strength and remind me that I have got that strength inside to say no to things and I think around Christmas time there's so many things that you do really need to say no to and grow a pair mm. and every time you say no I say it's like um, the hair advert what you're actually saying is because I'm worth it so every time you do that it's like a little hair flick and and so it's an act of self-love and the more acts of self-love you do the more love you feel and so your relationship gets better and better with yourself well unfortunately that is all we've got time for what a lovely way to finish on uh, because you're worth it <laughs> great advert i do remember that one as well back when i had a tv about 20 million years ago but um yeah it's uh, it's definitely the power of no is what I'm going to be uh, embracing fully myself. Is there any New Year's, I mean, I hate New Year's resolutions, but I like this idea that you said earlier very quickly about the fact that you just stayed in and, you know, gave yourself that opportunity on New Year's Day to wake up fresh as a daisy and really figure it out, like how you wanted your year to kind of kick off. Mm. Oh, what, for, for next year? Mm. Um, I have been thinking about that. I've been thinking... This year, because I had Archie, um, Archie's about to turn one, so it's quite a, a poignant time, and um, I just feel like I've been in a bubble of know, melting stuff where my brain's not really been working. So I'm quite looking forward to 2019 and resetting, however that may be. I much more go with the flow now and see, and just allow things to take shape. I've done enough hard work to things for things to to trust myself and know that I'll get into gear when I need to get into gear and then enjoy enjoy being here doing like sitting with what is it it's December the 4th and we're sat sat in the sunshine it's gorgeous I know I, yeah I'm sure I don't want to make anybody too uh, <laughs> think that we're too smug sitting yeah. here on this balcony but uh, it is gorgeous and that is one of my favourite landmarks in the whole of Santillalia so well done you for finding an apartment directly opposite oh wonderful <laughs> living the dream <laughs> well Merry Christmas to you and thank you for being a guest here on the Reset Rebel thank you so much for having me you're very welcome it's joy see you in 2019 Reset Rebel it's the Reset Rebel Reset Rebel Coming to you every day